Hey everybody, John Lavinia here with Good for Business Podcast and Business Labs. And this short episode is an excerpt from a conference call where Tony and myself, we do a question and answer session for members of our Predictable Income Academy, which is a product we have for home business entrepreneurs who are looking to learn about marketing and how to grow a large organization in that sort of a business. And Tony and I thought this would be something useful for all people, so we're going to go ahead and post it here in this brief Good for Business appetizer episode. Please enjoy and feel free to share and like and leave your reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever you listen to Good for Business. Enjoy the call, and here we go. Dan had asked... Because we have, you and I have a lesson, I think it's in Module 1. I can't remember really where it is. But there's a lesson in the Academy that talks about being unreasonable. Um, just the idea that sometimes the thing that's going to really put your business on a map is not intuitive. It's not uh, – It's uh, maybe not intuitive is not the right word. It's, it's – um, Unexpected, it's it's outside of conventional wisdom. It's not what the masses would expect you to do or recommend that you do. It's It appears from where they're standing to be unreasonable. And the question that we had from Dan, which was, was this, how do you know if something is unreasonable or when you're being irresponsible? Uh, so great question. And, and John and I love us some etymology. We love digging into some word origins and, and dissecting this stuff down and looking at you know what the actual words mean and then building it back up from there so that we have really clear understandings of what's over here in this camp, what's over there in that camp. And um, so anyway, that, that kind of sets the table. And, and just in case we use an excerpt of this, I think this will be great for the podcast too, John. So just in case we use an excerpt of this conversation outside of the academy. Let me frame it this way. What would you say the difference between being irresponsible and unreasonable? Two concepts we hear, don't hear a lot about unreasonableness outside of certain communities. The business area, uh, not so much. But we, you and I have been talking about unreasonableness for over a decade. So let's kick it off from there. What, what would you say is a good distinction what comes to mind for you? Well, they're completely different things, and uh, although some people may equate them, it's a very, very bad mistake to equate those two things. Now, on the surface, we can look and say, well, you know, an unreasonable person would be someone who you know, strives hard to, uh, you know, take care of things that, uh, that you know, they see as, as related to their goals and, uh, you know, doesn't uh, just allow current conditions to uh, dictate or their comfort zone to dictate, you know, what actions they take. And uh, an irresponsible person, we could say, would be someone who who does that, but also does it at the detriment of others. In other words, they are, um, you know, they're taking risks in their business, but they're doing so at the detriment of, uh, you know, they, they can't feed their children or something. So, so there, obviously, we've crossed the line into irresponsibility. And so now we've got uh, a situation where people kind of look at it as a as a meter. Well, you know, how do I know how far to go without going too far? And and this can be, I think, something that, that causes people to second guess themselves. Now, in the world of decision making, I've heard and I and I believe that uh, whether people know it or not, successful people 
uh, when they're making decisions, they ask themselves two questions, only two. And the first one is, will this decision, will this action that I'm considering, will this move me in the direction of my goals, my predetermined outcomes that I've chosen? Uh, and if the answer is yes, then the second question is, will this decision violate the rights of other people? And if the answer is no, then they act. There is no third question. All right, so will this move me essentially in the direction I want to go? Is this, uh, do I suspect this would be a good move for my business, uh, regardless of circumstances? And then, you know, is this going to hurt other people? Am I uh, doing something unethical here? You know, let me look down the road a little bit. And if the answer is no, and, and a person with their own ethical makeup can, can answer yes to the first question and, and no to the second one, then there is no third question question. There is no, well, you know, what about the uh, the circumstances? What about the uh, conditions, the money, the uh, et cetera, et cetera? You know, all the things that people who live more as effect than cause will look to as reasons whether to engage or not to engage. And quite often it's, it's to not engage, <laughs> right, whenever we start looking at circumstances. So I want to break this down a little bit deeper so that we can see how disparate these two concepts are. Okay, so it's not just, um, unreasonableness is not just the on-ramp to irresponsibility. In fact, they're very different, very, very different. Let me uh, cite a uh, quote from our friend George Bernard Shaw, the great British playwright. Uh, he says, the reasonable man seeks to adapt himself to his environment. The unreasonable one seeks to adapt the environment to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. And we can, of course, put woman in there as well. Uh, so knowing that, uh, okay, so the reasonable person, let's see, this person is seeking to adapt themselves to their environment. So what does that mean? That means the environment is is kind of cause, right? And what's in the environment? We have circumstances, conditions, all the, the things that I said earlier could be cited as reasons. So we're, we're assigning cause to the environment, conditions as they are. And we're going to seek to adapt ourselves to that. Now, certainly in, in you know survival on planet Earth, there are times where you've got to adapt yourself to the environment, right? You're in the desert. You you should bring water, right? You should drink more water. Okay, that's that's cool, right? Bring salt and carbohydrates and stuff. Survival. We're talking about survival here. Uh, that's very admirable. Uh, however, when when venturing into the realm of the unknown, like you know, how do we reach a goal? which obviously nobody knows until they've reached it, otherwise they would have reached it already. Well, now we've got to get a bit more creative. So uh, George says the, the unreasonable man seeks to adapt the environment to himself. So now who are we assigning cause to? We're assigning cause to the individual. And we're looking to affect, we're looking to be effective in the environment. Well, the only way to be effective is to be cause. Think about that. So this is this is big, right? So we're we're, we're identifying right now, at least according to George Bernard Shaw, the uh, necessity of some unreasonableness in the character of man to uh, be effective in creating an environment that adapts to his will. And his will, of course, is you know what he intends uh, in terms of you know the fruits of his labor and the enterprise and, and what have you. Now, if we look at irresponsibility, I'm going to throw something out there that may seem like a radical idea for a lot of people, especially considering the, the current state of uh, political correctness and, and things that are going on uh, in mass media and uh, all that. And I won't go down that road too much, Tony. Don't worry. I'm not going to get on a, <laughs> on a socio-political uh, you know, tirade or anything. But 
I want you to think about victimhood, victimhood, which is very fashionable, by the way. So uh, at the core of victimhood, uh, let's say we've got a victim here. Are they responsible for being a victim? Well, no, of course, right? It's somebody else's fault. Conditions outside of them are at fault. They are the victim. They are not responsible. Not responsible equals irresponsible. Irresponsible. And when we get into chronic victimhood, chronic effects, we're, we're talking really about chronic irresponsibility. Victims are irresponsible people. Irresponsibility and victimhood are practically synonymous. So I could look at that and I could say, well, wow, listen to what I just said, John. Um, it seems like one would have to, if they were to break out of that, that sort of victimhood, like, oh, you know, my circumstances are always in control or it's because of these other people or for whatever reason, I'm not responsible. I'm going to have to get unreasonable. Aha. So unreasonableness is the antidote to victimhood slash irresponsibility because unreasonableness finally allows us to assign cause back to ourselves, back to the individual. So you see how unreasonable and irresponsible can be seen as actually opposites in this way. So in the first example I gave, which is more on the surface, we could say, well, you know, you can be unreasonable to the point where you cross the line into irresponsibility. Recklessness. Maybe we should call it reckless instead of irresponsible because when we really dig down into what irresponsibility actually is, it's the chronic assigning of cause to something, some phenomenon outside of ourselves. Therefore, we are not cause, we are effect. We can accomplish nothing. We are victims, right? Very, very different approach to business and life, right? So when I look at the difference between those, those two words and as they are considered most commonly in the vernacular, I have to look deeper. And, and that's what I see. I see that any time, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm stating here, you know, ideal, ideals, essentially. I'm stating here, you know, here's, here's what these words mean to me, and here's the ideal way to, to uh, choose to live, we could say. Uh, am I perfect in all these ways? Well, you know, some people might think so. <laughs> but, but no, I, I can see in myself times where I'm inclined to assign cause outside. Times where I could uh, entertain ideas of, of victimhood. Times where I've been, what, irresponsible. And guess what, Tony? Uh, irresponsibility, effect, victimhood, that doesn't, that doesn't get anything done, right? Like I've said so many times, effects don't create effects. So as long as I'm the effect, I get no results, right? Oh, I'm cause, I'm responsible, I'm unreasonable, I'm, uh, you know, I'm determining in a, in a very self-deterministic way where I'm headed and, and what decisions I'll make, whether they succeed or fail. But I'm causing something to happen. Ah, now there's hope. Now I got a shot. And I think where a lot of people, especially when they're in perhaps a transitional state uh, or they're new to entrepreneurship and uh, they're perhaps conditioned or they're in some sort of a pattern where they seek uh, and they look outside of themselves for for some either validation or for something else to be caused and they expect because of years, perhaps decades of uh, you know, perhaps uh, taking orders as an employee or, or what have you, that there's something else bigger or stronger than them or more causative than, than them to determine the direction they're going in. This is something that they got to break out of. And so I think a good uh, dose of, of at least considering what it would mean for a person to be unreasonable 
is uh, is very therapeutic. It's uh, it can move somebody right in, into a new direction that they may not have considered before, and in fact, they can discover that they've been really powerful all along. Okay, but it's not going to happen by staying comfortable in the state of I am not responsible or somebody else is going to uh, do something or somebody else is at cause. That's just, there's no shot. You got no shot. So I think those are the main differences, Tony. And if we look at at those in in two different ways, the the first way and the second way that I mentioned, I think there's a lot of food for action there. Uh, Certainly food for thought, but I mean, what's the purpose of thinking, right? So that's where I'm at with it. And I, I hope that brings value to um, Dan or whoever asked that question. I think that's a, an extremely loaded question, loaded with with opportunity for uh, profundities and, <laughs> you know, much philosophy. We could probably talk about it for another three hours, but I think I've made that point. Your, your thoughts on that? No, I, th- I think you nailed it. I um, One of the things that when I first started kind of breaking this thing down was what, what is the word responsible? Okay, so irresponsible. What is responsible? Responsible is the ability to respond. You know, and you talked about victimhood. Oh, life is happening to me. Life is bigger than me. Oh, I'm powerless. I'm ineffective. I have that. That's all someone basically raising their hand and saying, uh, claiming. I should not say not saying, but claiming that they have no ability to respond. And the truth is, there's almost always a move to make, you know, uh, in, in, I mean, you know, Western society, you know, not living under a dictator, that kind of like people listening to a podcast or people attending a business, you know, a call like this, there's always a move to make. So um, the other thing that comes up for me is um, what the masses, the masses may not necessarily be using that term correctly. And they say, oh, you're going to start a business? Well, that just, you know, uh, and you're struggling, you know, you, you don't have a lot of money in the bank. Or, oh, hey, you just you just lost your job and you want to start a business instead of going looking for a new job. Isn't that irresponsible? Uh, I would submit that the, the word is being improperly used in that, that context because a person, they are responding to their circumstances. They're saying, uh, yeah, yeah, I've lost my gig, and now I can either go get a new gig or I can start a gig of my own. I'm choosing to start a gig of my own. The person might say, is that a wise decision? Is that the best course of action? But it, I think they're misusing the term when they say, well, that's just irresponsible. No, it's not, because he is exercising his ability to respond to the circumstances. So I think sometimes that term irresponsible just gets kind of tossed around loosely uh, and not really used very very precise. I also think, John, you're, you're, um, maybe the use of the word reckless uh, can be more on the nose for some situations where somebody says, are you being reckless? Um, but th- this, this thing of being unreasonable, I think a lot of times, you know, it's almost, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a time issue involved. It, it, it wasn't reasonable, you know, for Bill Gates to say, I want to put a computer on every desk in the world, in every office. That wasn't reasonable. You know, it wasn't reasonable for Coca-Cola to say, hey, let's, uh, let's, let's become the number one beverage in the world or whatever. So, but after the fact, it seems almost a foregone conclusion. Like, oh, of course Coca-Cola was going to be the number one beverage in the world. Of course Microsoft was going to, you know, dominate the market. 
but at the time that it happened, uh, no, it was all up for grabs. And these guys, you know, the people involved moved in ways that were probably very confusing to the people standing around watching them. Oh, I can't believe they're going to do that. They say, they say, you know, Oh, I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have made that move. And, um, I think the overarching question is, does it even matter what somebody else thinks? All that really matters is, do we feel like we're moving in a way that's consistent with our goals? And, and as John pointed out, the, the two-question litmus test, is it going to infringe on somebody else's rights? And is it going to get me closer to my goal? Uh, if the answers to those questions are you know, what they should be, uh, who cares what label somebody else wants to attach to it? Um, you know, they're, not, they're not the ones paying our bills. Yeah, Tony, but, uh, let me add something. Let, let me add something to this because again, I'm thinking about the words and the etymology and derivations, and y- you and I are both very much into into words and what they actually mean because we like to know what we're talking about, you know, <laughs> or at least pretend that we do. Uh, but the, the idea of being unreasonable, I just let's just break that down into reason. What is reason? Reason is a mental faculty. Reason is what I use to uh, to survive in the world uh, in, in conjunction with things like memory. Uh, an example that I've uh, used before is uh, if I'm walking you know, down the street and I'm considering crossing the street and I hear screeching tires and I see a car racing toward me, do I step into the street? No, no, because my memory tells me, you know, cars versus body, cars win. And, you know, by reason, I could say, well, if I move forward and, you know, into the traffic, then, you know, I get crushed by the car. So, again, this is very objective, very easy to understand how I'm using my reason to succeed in life, to survive and, and, you know, flourish and prosper and all that. Uh, But there are other mental faculties. One of them I just mentioned is memory. Uh, But there are others that are not limited, like reason and memory, right? How about imagination, well, now we're talking about uh, actually inductive reasoning. We're talking about, again, being cause and not effect, right? If we're deductive, we're using reason and we're saying, you know, here's what has happened in the past and we can deduce that this would be the outcome if I walked in front of the car. Okay, that that's fine. But how about reaching goals? How about creating uh, enterprise and, uh, you know, all the things that we intend to do as entrepreneurs? there's got to be, again, some unreasonableness. We've got to go beyond reason. This is like power reasoning here. This is, we're getting now into higher mental faculties like the will. What's the purpose of the will? This is right out of The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles, written in 1910. He said the purpose of the will is to choose the right thoughts, <laughs> right? So uh, we could kick that word around, but but truly, if we're if we're using our will properly, Oh, in fact, I think it might have been James Allen that said that, and as a man thinketh. I may have, I may have misattributed that, but regardless, read both books. They're, they're both short and easy to read and, and quite good. But the, uh, the, the point is that we're going to use our will. We're not just going to be uh, at the effect of the, the will of others for what we should think or do or, or what have you. So that's kind of like what you're talking about. Uh, and then again, I, I mentioned uh, imagination. Well, where's the limit to that? Well, there is no limit, right? So now we're talking about inductive thought, T- truly causational. Uh, yeah, couple that with memory, reason, will, you know, perception and the other mental faculties. And you've got you've got quite a package. And I think uh, quite often if you hear like naysayers or, or haters or whatever talking about, uh, you know, uh, wouldn't that be uh, irresponsible or you know, the, the things that you talked about before, because in their perception, in their uh, willingness to perhaps abandon their comfort zone and, you know, venture off into 
a higher plateau of uh, you know greater expression or something. Yes, it, it may be uh, outside of their realm of consideration, and maybe they've stifled their imagination because they've been taught to do so, uh, perhaps for a long time. And uh, you know, you gotta you know, there's limits to everything, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but you've uh, you've rekindled that, or maybe you never lost it. Wouldn't that be fortunate? So, uh, so what we're looking at is a more balanced approach to life, uh, a more balanced appro- approach to you know doing something of 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 note with your time here on this planet. I I like to live that way. You know, uh, I heard somebody once say, "If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up way too much space." So I think. I think this is the way, you know, I think that we can't just rely on reason alone. So yet there's, there's another, another way to look at this whole idea of unreasonableness. So now we've got three ways. Um, I can, I could continue building, I, I suppose, case after case after, uh, you know, why people should <laughs> seek to, to go just, be, you know, beyond reason. And, uh, and I think I've made three good points here, Tony. So <laughs> now, <laughs> no, once again, of course, so, I've got to practice what I preach, right? It sounds awesome, man. This is great. Okay. Now what are we going to do? Right? Something comfortable? <laughs> I hope not. Right. <laughs> no, it's great. And I really appreciate Dan asking the question because a lot of times, you know, we talk about unreasonableness and it's not a common word. I mean, it kind of, but in a negative sense, like you hear society say, well, that's just unreasonable. You know, they use it in a negative connotation, and actually, it's one of the one of the more powerful tools in the toolbox for the entrepreneur. So, Dan, thank you for that question. 